The Mariners have been linked to two more targets, including a local product looking to reestablish himself. We'll tell you more about that and go over Ryan Divish's report that the Mariners nearly landed Joey Gallo at this year's trade deadline here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, what's up, everyone? It is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll be discussing the Mariners' reported interest in both Brandon Lau and Michael Conforto. Plus, Ryan Divish wrote about a three team deal that nearly sent Marco Gonzalez to Philly and Joey Gallo to Seattle. So we'll be talking about what that could mean for Marco's market moving forward and what that mean for the Mariners' interest in Joey Gallo, if there is any still heading into this winter. But before we do that, Colby, we are still running our multi-tiered giveaway to give away some of your baseball cards, some of your Mariners cards, signed Mariners cards, that is. And, uh, yeah, just remind the folks here what they could win, uh, how they can enter, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, like Ty said, we're giving away some baseball cards, or I guess I'm giving away some baseball cards because somehow I'm the jerk, but I'm the one who gives you guys stuff, so I don't know how that works, but whatever. Um, Anyway, you got to make up for being a jerk, right? Like this is your, you know. No. No? No, you guys love This is not your gesture. This is not your olive branch. No, <laughs> no. Although I do believe some of your guys' loyalty is that easy to buy. Anyways, um, so essentially right now we're, we're probably going to hit this before uh, you guys are even watching this episode, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. When we hit 5,000 subscribers, uh, I'll be giving away my uh, autographed Cal Raleigh card. Uh, we have already hit the, the benchmarks to give away a Taylor Dollard autograph card, a Taylor Trammell autograph card. Um, the winner of the Taylor Trammell is also going to get a uh, Daniel Vogelback card. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, and right now we're about 240 uh, Twitter followers away from activating the uh, the tier uh, for a Jared Kelnick autograph card. We've already gotten there in terms of YouTube subs, but we need 3,000 Twitter followers. And we're at 2760. So I uh, got a little bit of work to do there here in the next week, week and a half. Uh, but uh that's where we're at right now. Uh, the winners are going to get picked uh, at random from the, our subscribers uh, mm-hmm. on YouTube, uh, probably December 8th or 9th. Uh, and then uh, we'll get those cards out to you guys. And sh- you should have them uh, by, you know, by Christmas, I would imagine. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's nice. Uh, thank you guys for participating. Um, I guess mm-hmm. if you, if you want to go really crazy, we're like 1500 behind for the next plateau. But, uh, uh, if you guys hit it, I will, I'll give away my Mike Cameron autograph card, which, you know, I don't want to. So yeah, that's about it. So, so that's more incentive button. for you to hit the subscribe button because he doesn't want to give away that Mike Cameron card and you definitely uh, want to take that Mike yeah. Cameron card away from him. There's a 0% chance they can do it. Nope. Too lazy. Can't get it done. So, I believe in you guys personally. I don't. I, I don't. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're doing here. Uh, I my I guess my prediction would be that the Dollard, uh, Trammell, and Raleigh card um, are all going to, to go to somebody. And then 
we'll see on Twitter. You know, it's it's not impossible to get 240. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably send out a tweet about that, in fact, and I bet I could get there. But, yeah, you know, maybe I won't send out the tweet. I don't know. We'll see. It's a really nice card, so maybe I want to keep it. It is a really nice card, and I think for that reason alone and for his smug face, I always point the wrong way, but his smug face over there, uh, you should definitely go over to at LO underscore Mariners on Twitter and uh, hit the follow button. Please and thank you. All right, let's. Uh, we've we've talked about this enough. Let's get into our first main topic of the day. Michael Conforto, John Morosi, once again reporting that the Mariners have interest in Michael Conforto, who of course went to high school in Redmond and went played his college ball at Oregon State. Pacific Northwest guy grew up a Mariners fan. The Mariners have been collecting Mariners fans over the last few months. Jake Lamb, Matthew Boyd, Cooper Hummel, most recently. Now, Michael Conforto could be next on that list. Uh, Conforto has been a free agent for quite some time. He entered free agency last winter, but due to partly some concerns over his vaccine status and you know Scott Boris just being his agent in general, that made things pretty difficult. And then eventually, you know, I mean, well, the lockout happened, and then a shoulder injury got reported on, and he ended up having to have shoulder surgery which basically, along with the qualifying offer being attached to him, there was just a lot working against Conforto, and he just ended up uh, sitting out the entire 2022 season after a relative down year in 2021 for him by his standards, a 106 WRC plus uh, in his last year with the Mets. Uh, That was coming off of a fantastic uh, COVID-shortened season in which he played 54 games, 157 WRC plus. He was fantastic that season. Uh, but yeah, so the Mariners are in on him, uh, reportedly, according to Morosi, who's been linking the Mariners to pretty much every free agent and trade target out there <laughs> over the last month or so, it seems. Uh, and um, uh, the Astros and a couple of other teams have been reported to be in on in on Conforto's market as well. Uh, but what do you think about this fit here, Colby, with, uh, with Conforto coming off of uh, basically just not playing baseball for an entire year? Yeah, the player at his best is a really good fit in Seattle. Obviously, the the Northwest ties uh, certainly are hard to ignore. But, uh, you know, when he's right, he's pretty close to Teoscar Hernandez at his best, um, just from the left side. Not a not a great defender in a corner, but he's fine. He's, he's decently athletic, uh, probably a little better than Teoscar uh, defensively. Um, you know, at his best, you know, from which was, I think, from like 2017 to 2020, um, he's, you know, a 130 WRC plus guy, uh, somewhere in that range. He's going to hit 25, 30 home runs, uh, lots of doubles, uh, you know, good average at 260 average, 270 average, somewhere in that range. Good on base skills. Uh, he's, he's a good fit. He's a solid fit, but again, not playing baseball, um, for over a year now, uh, is it's, it's a problem. It, it's an issue. Uh, we don't know how the shoulder is healing. It's a shoulder injury. Those are pretty serious, um, less so for position players, but still, you know, pretty, pretty serious. You, if you don't have a good shoulder, you're, you're not going to perform well. It's really that simple. Um, and then there's going to be questions about what the shoulder look like, you know, Scott Boris, how open is he going to be about his client's injury? Probably not very. So it's just one of those you don't have, he didn't play for a team last year, so you don't really have, you know, team medical records to, to check out. So, um, you're kind of in a tough spot. So uh, if you get the best version of Michael Conforto, he's a tremendous fit. He's going to hit somewhere in the top three or four of your lineup every day. 
um, and he's he's going to help you win. Uh, if you get 2021 version of of Conforto, you kind of get Jesse Winker uh, with a little bit better defense. You get 2022 Jesse Winker uh, with a little bit better defense. Um, and that's, that's a pretty big risk to run when we're talking about a guy who's probably going to want, you know, 18 to $20 million. Now, is he going to get that? Probably not, but no, it only takes one team. So, um, he's a, he's a good fit. Um, when you just consider the back of the baseball card, but when you kind of count in all the other factors, Mm -hmm. there are some questions here and, and, you know, if you you want to go with a, a risky guy, uh, then maybe just circle back to Mitch Haniger. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, I, I do think it's a, a pretty solid fit. It's not hard to understand why the Mariners would have interest in Michael Conforto. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some concerns. And when we talk about the Mariners wanting to get, uh, guys who, uh, you can rely on to play every day, Michael Conforto, does he fall into that category? Eh, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I'm interested, but there's a price where I max out. And for me, that's about $13 million uh, AAV. I think he's only going to get a one-year deal anyway. Maybe something with like a mutual option for three years, a $20 million AAV, something like that. Maybe that's involved. But I think he's only going to get a one-year deal at the end of the day. And for me, that, that probably looks like something like a, a $7 million, $8 million base loaded with incentives that kick that up to $14, $15 million something like that. And maybe there's an option in there as well that involves like a $5 million buyout. So he gets a little bit more money on the back end of that. Uh, But that's like, even that is a little bit pushing it because like, you know, you, you would like to think that he's going to land somewhere in between his 2021 season and his 2019 season when he was, so in 2021, like I said, he was a 106 WRC plus guy in 2019. He was a 127 WRC plus guy. So you think like, you know, with the, the year off, he's probably not as bad as he was in 2021. He's probably going to land somewhere in the middle of that. But again, you'd like to think that you know that, but you don't actually know that. And so there's very much a possibility here that he's as big of a risk as Cody Bellinger is and could bottom out just like Bellinger has the last two years. And you basically get that guy and you don't want to pay $13 million for that guy and let that guy be your second corner outfield ad, especially when there's someone like Mitch Haniger who's probably going to make similar money and maybe a similar and, and earn a similar time commitment, your commitment rather. Uh, and you know him like you've already you, you, you're very much familiar with Mitch Haniger. So uh, that also has to be taken into account here if you're the Mariners. And there's just some other options on the market as well that I, I just I like a little bit better that are probably going to be more expensive, might even cost mm-hmm. me something via trade. Um, but that I, I, I would trust more than Michael Conforto at this point. Cause again, you just, you don't know, you don't know how much the shoulder is going to impact him moving forward. You don't know how much the year off is going to impact him moving forward. There's just so many unknowns here with Conforto. While I like the story, while I like the upside of it, while it's certainly enticing and I get why people would want Michael Conforto, it's just, it's pretty sketchy. It's pretty sketchy if you're going, especially if Boris, and Conforto are going to demand a significant commitment. Right. Um, honestly, I, I think the Mariners right now, as they're looking for that left-handed hitting outfielder, I think Conforto is a fallback option if they can't la- land uh, Yoshida. That would be my guess. 
Uh-huh. And to me, honestly, Conforto, if you do add him, that should not prevent you from adding even another outfielder. I think you have to add at least somebody like Will Myers. Um, if you're going to add uh, Conforto, you have to have somebody who can play every day if needed and at least be okay. And, you know, Myers does things well, like hit left-handed, uh, left-handed pitching, and, and he runs the bases really well. So uh, I don't think you have to add, like if you add Conforto, I don't think you also have to add like another Teoscar Hernandez type, but you need to add a, a quality major leaguer uh, on top of Conforto to protect yourself. So the Mariners have been linked to an all-star second baseman, one of the best second basemen in the game who's often been injured. He's coming off of a big uh, injured, uh, injury-plagued year. Uh, but he might be available. Uh, the thing is, though, he is being linked to the Mariners by a very questionable source. So we'll get into all that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so colby let's talk a little bit about brandon lau here the rays second baseman jim bowden of the athletic wrote in a column the other day uh just about you know general things that he's hearing he also talked about the mariners a little bit and there had some things to say about you know their preference uh, to trade for their second baseman rather than sign one. Who knows? Bowden, we should say, before we get into anything else that he wrote about, is not the most trustworthy source there is out there, especially when it comes to the Mariners. He has been very wrong about Mariners-related things in the past. So take this with the smallest, 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 teensy, eensiest grain of salt. Like, the, just an absolute, absolute grain of salt here. So the uh, the report from Bowden is that the Mariners have checked in on Glaber Torres and mm-hmm. uh, Colton Wong, which we knew about. Okay. Then he also says the Mariners have been in touch with the Rays about Brandon Lau. So Brandon Lau has been a favorite of yours, Colby, a favorite target of yours. He's been a favorite target of one Jerry Savage DePoto on Twitter. Uh, and some other folks on Twitter and in the Mariners sphere as well. Uh, so it doesn't come as too much of a surprise that the Mariners also just generally have interest in Brandon Lau because, I mean, he's a really good player. He's 28 years old. He's not making a ton of money. He recently signed an extension that has him locked down through 2026 through club options in 2025 and 2026. He's only going to make $4 million this past season, but he only played 65 games. This past season, he slashed 221, 308, 383 with a 104 WRC plus. He was not very good. Uh, but the year before that, in 2021, All Star, 247, 340, 523, 137 WRC plus. He was worth almost five F4, 39 home runs from a second baseman. You don't really see that from a second baseman ever. So he's a pretty special dude. I asked you this on our Patreon show yesterday. If we wake up on December 1st or, or what have you and we see the Mariners have traded for Brandon Lau, what is that return going back to Tampa Bay look like? It's hard for me to imagine that they could get Brandon Lau without giving up a major league contributor, a, a 
probably a pretty prominent one too. So you kind of go through it and you eliminate uh, Gilbert and Kirby. They're not going anywhere. We know that they're not trading. Um, they're obviously not going to trade Julio. Duh. Um, so you kind of start to run out of guys pretty quick. I don't think they're going to trade Andres Munoz. Uh, the one guy that kind of would make sense for the Rays and, and I think the Rays would be interested in, it's probably Matt Brash. Um, he's, he's, you know, a guy who, uh, can fill multiple roles. We know that the Rays like to uh, be uh, pretty fluid with how they use starters. Sometimes they're starters, sometimes they're relievers, openers, blah, blah, blah. Um, Brash has experience doing all of that. Uh, Brash also obviously has tremendous stuff. He's a guy who has five, six years of club control. He's not going to cost the Rays anything. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine that the Mariners can get an everyday second baseman who has all-star potential um, and has already done it once. Um it's hard for me to imagine they can get him for just prospects because the Mariners don't really have that uh, upper echelon prospect. They don't have the elite prospect. Harry Ford is a good prospect. Bryce Miller is a good prospect. Emerson Hancock is a good prospect. They're not great prospects. They're not can't-miss guys, right? The, the Mariners don't have any of those guys right now. So it's hard for me to imagine that the Rays, who are going to try and win the World Series again, um, that they are going to give up you know, a pretty big contributor for them uh, that they would give him up without getting somebody who can help their major league team right away. Uh, because it's not a money thing. Uh, the Rays are cheap, but they're not as cheap as some other teams like Cleveland. Uh, they, they've spent money. They, they gave you know Glass now $17 million. Uh, they gave Wander Franco a huge extension. So they're not, they're, they're not you know, spending as much as they probably should, but they're not also, avo- you know, they're also not trying to avoid playing, uh, paying guys. Uh, it's, and Lau is under contract for the next two years minimum at like $14 million total. And then he has a couple of club options. He's also 28. It's just, I don't see it. Uh, the Rays do have middle infield uh, depth, at least in theory. They have Wander Franco, and, and then they have some guys who might be able to play up the middle, but we actually don't know. We really don't. Yeah. Brandon Lau is the only one that's established himself. So for me, I can't see the Rays trading Brandon Lau unless they're getting somebody like a Matt Brash or somebody like uh, Andres Munoz. And if you're the Mariners, I mean, wouldn't you rather just go trade a lot less for Colton Wong and keep Brash and, and, and your prospects than, than, you know, than trade for Brandon Lau? Probably. So I don't, I don't see it. I mean, maybe there's some kind of creative three-team deal. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the Mariners will trade – Ty France or a Eugenio Suarez and, and the Rays are interested in that, or, or I don't know, maybe the Rays love, you know, Harry Ford and Jared Kalnick and, and Emerson Hancock. And that's enough to get it done. I doubt it. I think it's going to cost players off your major league roster and the Mariners really don't have that many to give. They, they kind of need all their guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I just have a hard time seeing this trade get, getting, you know, past the, uh, the finish line. Yeah, that's why France or Suarez wouldn't be on the table because it just the Mariners are probably not in the business of creating more holes, more things to do this offseason. Um, right. And plus, you know, they got their guys, right? Like they, they, they have their guys for a reason, right? They like the fit, how they fit, you know, outside of just what they do on the field. So uh, I don't think any of those guys would be going anywhere. Uh, but Brash does make a lot of sense. And if you're the Mariners and, and look, you know, I'm the I'm the big Brash guy, right? I'm the. I'm the leader of the Brash fan club here, but if all he is at the end of the day is a reliever, or at least that's all he's going to be for you with the Mariners, because that's 
really like his pass the rotation is very murky still, even with the flexing and, and Marco rumors out there because the Mariners are looking to go out and add something significant to the rotation like a Kodai Senga. So if he's if all he's going to be for you as a reliever, I'd rather have the guy that's going to play 140, 150 games for me, hopefully if he stays healthy, instead of a guy who's going to throw 50, 60 high leverage innings, mostly high leverage innings for me. Um, yep. While that's incredibly valuable, and while you know great bullpens are incredibly valuable to have, especially late into the postseason, we saw how valuable that is. Again, I just I I would rather have the guy that's going to impact me more throughout the regular season and hopefully into the postseason. Uh, and so you know that's a that's a no brainer for me. If if that can actually get it done, I'm probably pulling the trigger on that. The problem is, I think it's going to take brash and then some because, like Colby said. Lau is a bargain for the race. They are not just going to give him up. Uh, this is potentially, I mean, if he stays healthy, he's one of the best second basemen in all baseball. He is top three to top five. And you're not just going to get, like, you're not just going to get a second baseman who hits nearly 40 home runs. And now I don't know if that's a, exactly who he is full time, but that kind of year that he had. And, you know, the, the Rays can basically use the, the injuries in 2022 as an excuse that, you know, this right. was probably just a fluke, right? Like, we're not lowering his value because he had a down year no. in 2022. It's probably just injuries, all that stuff. They're going to value him as the 2021 guy that he yeah. was. And so you're going to have to pay that cost, and that's going to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. And so bra- you're talking possibly Brash plus Harry Ford plus, you know, Bryce Miller plus, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not just going to be Brash straight up. So at that point... I'm out. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, like I, I, and this is obviously very easy for me to say, uh, cause it's not my money at the end of the day, but I think you would honestly be better served to just go spend the exor- exorbitant amount of money on, you know, one of the shortstops that are out there than giving up three, you know, high end assets for, yeah. you know, for Brandon Lau. So, yeah. All right. Um, lastly on our list here, unless you have anything else to add on, on Lau. No. Nope. Okay. All right. So Ryan Debish, uh, in one of his most recent columns on the times, uh, had a, an interesting little nugget of information here saying, quote, per multiple MLB sources and other reports, the Mariners were working on a potential trade that would have sent Marco Gonzalez to the Phillies in the days leading up to the trade deadline. Sources and rumors indicated it was a three team deal that would have possibly sent Yankees outfielder Joey Gallo to seattle so that's pretty interesting gallo of course ended up going to the dodgers fared a little bit better in la but still wasn't very good uh but the mariners uh, seem to have at least put in the effort here to take a shot on gallo and it's easy to see why they would like gallo because he's a you know solid defender in a corner even you know a good defender even in a corner uh, and can hit for a ton of power obviously strikes out a ton uh, all that stuff that's very much well documented, but it's interesting that they were willing, at least seemingly, to take a shot on Gallo. And so now that that begs the question: Are the Mariners still interested in Gallo? Because they have a corner outfield spot that they're looking to fill. Fill. They've been open about wanting to do that. Gallo is still out there. I would presume that Gallo is going to be pretty cheap on the market considering the way that the last couple of years have gone for him since he went to New York and eventually L.A. 
So what do you think about Gallo? We just talked about Michael Conforto, who's kind of a big risk. Gallo would also be a big risk, but he's also probably not going to cost a lot. So how do you think that lines up for the Mariners? I don't think there's going to be a tremendous amount of interest. Um, you know, it, it's it's always interesting to know uh, deals that almost happen like this because there are a lot of questions. Like, were the Mariners willing to take on Joey Gallo because they thought they could fix him or because they were kind of thinking ahead and were like, hey, you know, he at the very least is a defensive upgrade in the outfield and we can get rid of a good chunk of Marco Gonzalez's contract when we know that we want to trade him this winter anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, that could have been some some long-term thought there and, and Gallo's contract comes off the books. We get Marco's contract off the books um, and we get, you know, I mean, essentially Jared Keltnick is, is what they would have traded for. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know that they're going to be interested in him in free agency. Um, we don't know how the Mariners scouts and analysts felt about Gallo. Um, did they think that they can help him? Do they think that they have the fix that can make him, you know, help him make more contact? Uh, maybe because all got all Gallo has to do, um, to be a valuable player is hit like 220. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. Uh, he gets the strikeout down to like 34% instead of 40%. Um, he's been a valuable player at those at those numbers because he can hit 40 home runs. But if he can't, you know, it, it, Joey Gallo is a bulk play, right? He needs at-bats to help you, but you can't give him at-bats if he's going to strike out 45% of the time. So it's kind of a catch-22 there. So I don't think the Mariners are going to be all that interested in free agency, uh, in Gallo, going after Gallo in free agency. Um I think that was more about, you know, being able to move Marco's contract and kind of looking at the team and be like, ah, you know, we'll take a shot on, on Gallo. And if he hits great. And also comparing it to what else was available. Right. At the time. Right. Um, So, yeah, it it sounds like talks got pretty far there. I, I just have a hard time imagining that the, the Mariners front office looked at Joey Gallo and was like, we can fix him or we can help him Mm -hmm. because he's not the Mariners value, you know, based on ball to strikeout ratio. They do. I mean, they want guys who draw walks, but they want guys who don't strike out. Now they have a few guys who strike out and they'll live with that. Mm-hmm. But how many can you put in one lineup? How many is Jerry going to be comfortable putting in the lineup? Cause you already have a Eugenio Suarez. Who's going to strike out a lot. You already have, you know, Cal Raleigh who got better, but he still strikes out quite a bit. Uh, you already have guys who swing and miss right a mm-hmm. lot. So do they want to add another one? Maybe, but maybe they don't. So I, I I don't think that Joey Gallo is going to be a guy who they go out and actively target. I think if we get into late January, early February, and they say, hey, you want one and three or whatever, or, yeah, uh, and with some incentives, and maybe that's something they do. But mm-hmm. right now, I can't imagine Joey Gallo is really on their mind at all. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, and the other thing too, right? Like, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, I think the shift is really going to help Joey Gallo. I think he's going to benefit a lot from the shift being banned. He's going to hit for more singles, presumably. But what's 20 more points of batting average when he was hitting 160 this past season and slugging 357? Because that's not going to add anything to a slugging percentage. And Joey right. Gallo, like his whole offensive value to you is the power. And if he's slugging 357, he's useless. Like flat out, right. like if he's striking out forty percent of the time and slugging three fifty seven, it's a bad baseball player. He shouldn't be playing for a contending team. Yeah, you might as well just roll with Jared Kelnick because at least there's upside. 
They yeah. are. So yeah, I just I think that was more about just trying to dump Marco's contract uh, by taking on a bad a bad contract. But yeah, he struck out thirty nine percent of the time last year. Yeah, he hasn't hit over two hundred since twenty nineteen. Yeah, and while that thirty nine percent, and it's basically forty percent because it's thirty nine point eight percent. Even though that's his career high, I mean that's like where he's been, like for the most part, he's been thirty five, thirty four, thirty six, thirty eight percent. You know, like that's just who Joey Gallo is. Now he walks a lot to kind of counteract that, yep. but then you're just kind of talking about a super version of Jesse Winker with like better defense, and I just I would rather be better than that. Twenty twenty two Jesse Winker that is right. So like, yeah. He's Jack Cust. <laughs> oh like, my God! Yeah, Why did you three, have to say that name on, on today's show? Jeez. Three true outcome guy. It's interesting though, because like his best year uh, offensively was undoubtedly 2019. Now he only played in 70 games, which which hurt right. his WAR overall. But in 29 or 2019, he had 253, 389, 598. So mm. 144 WRC plus. That's you know. Julio had a 145 WRC plus this last year, I think. That was in 70 games. And he had a 3.2 F4 in half a season. So if you do the math, 6-1 player. And what's interesting about that is that that year, his strikeout rate was 38.4%. Mm-hmm. So Gallo has had success yeah. striking out 35, 38% of the time. But that year he also walked seventeen and a half percent. This last year was thirteen point seven. So Joey Gallo is a guy who still has power, still a good uh, good athlete, can still draw walks, but he's drawing fewer walks. He's hitting fewer home runs, but the strikeouts aren't falling. That's the difference. And the shift ban, it's not going to help him all that much. Joey Gallo hits a ton of fly balls. He's not going to, you know, all of a sudden start trying to hit singles through. He's going to swing. He's going to swing for the fences. That's what Joey Gallo does. Yeah. So this idea that people are overvaluing the shift ban uh, for the wrong guys. Like the shift might, the shift ban might help Carlos Santana, but it might not. The shift ban probably right. isn't going to help. Well, because Joey Gallo. again, what, you know, just as I was saying, it, it's mostly going to lead to singles, right? There, you're not going to get a ton of extra base hits out of the shift being banned. That's just because most of the time, what does the shift prevent? It prevents those singles in between the the three yeah. and four hole that goes, you know, directly to the right fielder, right? Like no one's getting extra bases out of that, or the ball hit right back up the middle. Yeah, which are also almost always singles. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, Joey, by the way, Joey Gallo hitting like 20 more. Like, let's say Joey Gallo hits 190 next year, right? If they're all singles, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. He's still, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like he's still yeah. slugging 357 like he did this past season. Yeah. So it's like he needs to provide more power because, like, when he was at his, you know, best while he was still striking out, you know, 35 plus percent of the time, he was also cranking 40 bombs. Right. right. Or, you know, he was on pace to crank 40 bombs in that 2019 season. Like, so that's the kind of value that you have to get out of Joe Gallo if you're going to sign him and if you're banking on him to actually produce. If you're actually banking on him to be a legitimate part of your offseason, 
that's what you need out of Joey Gallo in order for that to be a success. And if he and I just don't think that he can provide that at this time. Yeah, if if you're signing Joey Gallo, right? If you if you're the Mariners, you're signing Joey Gallo. You need to be in a position where he has a really hard time making this team, where it's like, yeah, he could do it if he, you know, if he if we think he can do this, this, and this to help himself, and if he does it and he looks good, he can do it. But right now, because he's only making two million dollars or whatever, he's only mm-hmm. going to get, you know, he's he's battling with Kelnick and and Trammell and and Conforto and and Myers or Yoshida, like whatever, like. He's yeah. legitimately fighting for a job. That's the only way you should you should look at Joey Gallo. There are going um, to be teams that offer him major league opportunities, but <laughs> if I were the Mariners, I would probably offer him a minor league contract with a spring with a spring training invite. Right, and if he makes the team by like X date, it's like six million dollars or something like that. So yeah, uh, yeah, I I think you know Gallo probably should go play for like Cincinnati or Pittsburgh or somebody like that. Yeah. But we'll see. Like. Joey Gallo is intriguing. He is an interesting player, but there's just too many questions for me to to think, for me to believe that the Mariners are really interested in him uh, as a free agent. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, we're basically saying maybe to Michael Conforto, probably not to Brandon Lau, and no to Joey Gallo. <laughs> like he's interesting, but. Almost certainly no. Yeah, yeah. Do do better, please. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tide Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez at C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace